money is all I care about. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a special presentation of Anime Club After Dark. I have with me tonight our chivalry of Shota Shotaro. I keep a little blade in my fucking lip gloss kit. <laughs> And tonight we are going to be talking about episode eight of Vinland Saga. So uh, some things happened in this uh, this episode. Um, mostly the fact that Asklad and his troop, I guess you could say, go back home in a way. Um, they certainly go to a friendly village. Our village is very, very friendly to them. Uh, run by a man named Lord Gorm, which is an interesting name to say the least. Uh, uh, I, de- I don't I didn't really at first I didn't exactly know what to make of this except that I almost felt like I was watching um, a, a sort of a rehash of the village that Thorfinn came from did you get that sense too well at first I was like very surprised because knowing all the bullshit and all the fucking torture and <laughs> killing and raping and burning that Askeladd and his friends do to come back and be like, ah, yes, we live in a wholesome town with all <laughs> these beautiful, <laughs> like, homely things. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> and also, it is a lot like Thor's because, or a lot like Thorfinn's village because in the Especially, in particular, Askeladd's relationship to this village is a lot like Thor's relationship with the Icelandic village because they're both, you could say, savage military combatants. And they both have a strangely um, homely place to come back to that doesn't quite fit what actions they've been doing on the battlefield. Yeah, and that was the thing that struck me the most. Also, um, unlike, uh, or I would say like, uh, the village that Thor's and Thorfinn came from, the younger people in this village seem to be pretty ignorant of what war is like because there's a scene where you see one of the younger people in the village are like, yeah, I'm going to join Askeladd and become a warrior too. Like, clearly being completely ignorant of what battle and war is like. You said... Similar to. Yeah, similar to. Yeah. yeah. That was a, definitely a big uh, reason why those two things are connected in our minds. Because the villagers yeah. are both ignorant of the atrocities of war. Which kind of which kind of begs the question for me, and I think for a lot of people too, is Askeladd essentially being set up to be a, like, a huge foil for Thors? I mean, now... Because they... They live very similarly. Like they, they ha- the only real difference between them uh, that we've seen so far is that Askeladd doesn't really have a lot of doesn't you know fight with honor, whereas Thoris did. It's almost like Askeladd is an alternate version of Thoris because Thoris was a ruthless, brutal killer before, but he changed his ways. So Askeladd could be a different version of Thoris where. He didn't change his ways, or maybe Thor's is the end game of what Askeladd will become. But I maybe. definitely think that they're connected in some way, 
And this sort of connection that we're getting because of the similarity of their villages really makes me see Askeladd as maybe Thor's new father figure. Because you could Do you mean definitely... Thorfinn's father figure? Yeah, sorry. Whatever. Okay. They have very similar names. <laughs> because you could interpret their relationship, Thorfinn and Askeladd's relationship, as that of a mentor and a student or, you know, which is basically a version of father and son. So, you know, I never thought of that before this episode, but now that the show is forcing us to view the two characters like that, I can definitely see that relationship being fatherly and paternal. And that also makes me question, what does Asklad really think of Thorfinn? Like, how does he, like, does he actually care about him? So I have a theory. I don't know. I have a theory. I have a theory that that Askeladd actually, in a really weird roundabout way, kind of respects Thorfinn. Because I think, this is is purely speculation on my part, I think maybe in Askeladd's mind, he sees in Thorfinn what he could have been had he actually, you know, had any sense of honor. I don't think so. I, it's I don't like think said, it, it's a, it's a purely a theory on my part. I don't really have a whole lot to go on based. I'm just basing it on just a gut instinct that I have based on some things that I've seen so far. See, I think the show as well as Askeladd both portray Thorfinn's sense of honor as a weakness. Um, I don't think Askeladd respects his sense of honor, but clearly Askeladd has not killed him. Yeah, um, and has in a roundabout way kept him around. So clearly Asglad respects him in some way because he hasn't killed him and he has kept him around. Yeah, um, because there's really there's at, at this point there's really nothing stopping him from killing Thorfinn. Like there's nothing holding him back. No one's really going to come after him if he kills him at this point. No. So he must respect him in some way or he must have some sort of positive rela- uh feelings for him in some manner. Uh, or but... he's using him as some kind of leverage in a conniving way because we have seen that Askeladd is is willing to be very conniving in his methods. So maybe he foresees Thorfinn being more useful when he gets older for something. Maybe. You know, another thought is that maybe he thinks that Thorfinn will succeed him as the leader of his troop. Maybe. Maybe he doesn't trust anyone else to succeed him. I, I don't think he doesn't trust them. I think more that they're not really capable enough. And I feel like Thorfinn is like basically a war prodigy at this point because from such a young age, he was so proficient. He became so proficient at killing people. So I think Askeladd sees talent in Thorfinn and maybe he wants to cultivate that talent to... Actually, you know what? I don't even think I, Asklad. No, I, I don't even think Asklad cares about who's going to succeed him, because I don't really think he cares about his troop. I think he's just using his troop. So I'm not entirely sure. So okay, so I, I can tell you why I think that he's actually maybe using Asklad for some ulterior motive or for Thorfinn? something else grander down the road. Um, no. <laughs> um, what? I I think I think it's it's. It's based on something that he says a little bit later in this episode where he's talking to, to Lord Grom 
uh, about a slave that he recently bought, and he, he uses this. He says this phrase because uh, he the Lord Grom is like, "Oh, that slave is so useless." Um, and and Askeladd says to him, "It's not the slave's fault that she's useless. You're just bad at using her. You can make use of anyone with the right approach." That's what makes me think he's keeping. He's uh, Askeladd is keeping Thorfinn around for some greater purpose down the road. Definitely, but I, side note, I really like that quote. Yes. But um, we don't know if that quote is going to mean that he's going to use him for purely self-interested in like for purely uh, for, in Askeladd's favor or if he's going to use him to benefit both of them. I would say based on what we've seen so far about Askeladd, I'd say the former rather than the latter. Because Askeladd seems very, shall we say, self-interested. See, that's true. But the thing is that Askeladd keeping Thorfinn around is against his character. Because overall, Thorfinn is more of a burden than a boon to the troop. So to me, at, at, until I see a reason why he would keep him around, I can't help but think that there is more than just self-interest as to why he's keeping him around. Maybe. I, that's why I keep watching. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So something else. So we mentioned that this uh, this particular village that they're camped at um, definitely seems to be very um, friendly toward Askeladd, to say the least, and his troop, to say the least. Um, but he's certainly not the leader of this village. The leader is a guy named Lord Grom, as we mentioned, and he seems to be very, very obsessed with money. Um, it was so to the funny. Point, to the point of him being very, uh, I guess, well, you mentioned it here, being very camp about money. So we mentioned mustache twirling, twi- mustache twirling villains in our last episode about the French commander. Mm-hmm. Um, well, this is also another mustache twirling vi- villain, um, but not visually, just... <laughs> Yeah, he is one. Just his personality. He, seems, he just he just comes off as very shady. Um, not just shady. It's just so funny. It's like I don't know what the, his exact line, but he's like, anything can be bought with money. Money is all I care about. The coin is the most sultry icon. <laughs> Ooh, and and he, I I know, and he says this line while basically fingering the silver coin. I'm just like, it was a bit you know, much. And I don't quite... See, okay, I complained about the visual uh, problem last uh, episode with the Mm. deformed characterization of the villain, but I'm also not okay with this characterization. Is it because he kind of looks like a wizard? No, not visually. I'm not talking about visuals at all. I'm talking about his, like, the choice of scripts being so direct. It's just... I'm not okay with that. It's very similar to how in the the first couple of episodes where we saw the the leader of the village next to Thorfinn's village who was like a slave master who was like, mm-hmm. everything can be chained. I chain the slaves. The law chains you. Everything is a chain. And I'm like, girl, girl, no one says that. That's just so camp and so not believable. <laughs> but... Yeah, so, I mean, it's better than having a deformed face, 
but still not quite what I'm looking for, for from a villain. Well, so. it's funny because the last, b- before these last two episodes that we've talked about, there was a lot of subtlety that went on between the characters, between, you know, Thorfinn and Askeladd and just the amount of subtlety was 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 great and then all of a sudden we're getting people who are like in your face antagonist i'm like that's not what you started with it's like we have different episode directors i don't know if we it do is i actually i don't know either i don't know who directed this episode either um uh i didn't look that up before we started i probably should have um but yeah, it is almost well, or not necessarily ne- different episode directors, but um, different a lot of different hands episode, in the pot, epi- different script writer, perhaps. I don't know. Um, it just seems weird that for for multiple episodes now we've had a lot of subtlety between protagonist and antagonist, and now all of a sudden we're getting this in your face, like you're supposed to hate this person because they're they look deformed or they act really really shady. It's, it's it, more like they're like they're speaking their motivations. Like I like yes. money. Instead yes. of showing it, but yes. it's like it's, it's, I like to chain people. So it's, it's like, like, it's like why don't you just about? do it instead of saying verbally exactly your character <laughs> out loud? It, it, it's like we've been talking about with Askelab. We really we don't. At the end of the day, we still don't know what his motivations are yet for why he's doing all of this. So and and it hasn't been said outright yet. So leaving the audience to, to guess about that is actually so much better than coming out and saying, I'm doing this for this, 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 and this. But like, even just have like, if you had that scene without that line that he likes money, like you can interpret that he likes money without yeah, you can us telling, interpret it without based on him, how he's handling the exactly. money. Exactly. So you don't have to tell us that. Cause it just comes yeah. off as you're treating the uh, viewers as stupid. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. So something else that we did get in this episode is we finally got that duel that was promised between Askeladd and Thorfinn in the previous episode. Um, it was done, I would say, pretty well. Um, you get you definitely get to see that since the last time he tried to fight Askeladd, Thorfinn has definitely improved his uh, fighting style, uh, like tenfold, I would say. Um and in fact, this time he was actually able to disarm Askeladd entirely. So that was cool. I think that just judging from this fight, that Thorfinn and Askeladd are even on mm. a, like, in a combat sense. Uh, I yeah, feel- I would say if not, if not exactly even very, very close to it. Yeah, but Thorfinn doesn't end up winning, even though he did end up disarming Askeladd. Because he let his emotions get the better of him. And that's what Askeladd wanted. Yeah. I mean, he, he said it, but I think, I believe he said it the last time that he tried to duel him was that you can't, you can't give yourself up or you can't give yourself up an opening just because you let your emotions get the better. That, was, that wasn't the phrase he used, but he basically said that. Um, and he used that exact same uh, strategy against him again. And it worked because mm-hmm. he was basically taunting his dead father. Which basically tells us that this is another one of Thorfinn's flaws is that he's hung up over his father mm-hmm. and that's holding him back from like moving on as a character. It also and, and- shows that Askeladd is sort of afraid of Thorfinn because he was forced to play the dirty uh, 
the um the taunting um mm. card instead of beating him with his martial skills yeah um yeah i definitely think it 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 certainly shows a little bit of fear on Askeladd's part yeah because he had to resort to that in order to get thorfinn to basically come at him full of emotion yep. um I will say, I think not only not only is Thorfinn sort of, what's the word I'm looking for, um, selling himself short by still being hung up on his father, he's outwardly showing that to everyone around him that he's still hung up on it. So not only can Askeladd use this against him if he wanted to, just about anyone in Askeladd's troop or in that village now can use it against him because they've seen what it does. Yeah, and I want to say that, like... It's a very easily remedied fault, like, girl, get over it. But also, I can, like, now that we've been with him for, like, since he was, like, a little kid and now up to now, I can understand that he's still hung over it, like, hung up on it. I find this believable, especially considering his age, um, that he can still be really um, bothered by someone insulting his father. Like, this kind of weakness we see a lot in a lot of different stories. And a lot of different stories, I'm like, girl, just get over it. Like, I don't empathize with the person. But in this particular case, I do empathize with Thorfinn because I've seen everything. So I can understand. Yeah. I mean, and and that's, you know getting over the death of a parent is something that takes a while, no matter what age you are. So I feel like it's relatable for a lot of people as well. But do you think like, there's a lot of stories where you're trying to avenge your parent, And do you find just that the, just that premise by itself as a relatable idea? Uh, maybe not that premise by itself, but when you have emotions built up underneath of it, which we got with this, adaptation because we actually got to see the relationship between Thorfinn and his father Thor's for a few episodes. Um, There was like some emotional connection with the audience to that. There's so many stories where um, uh, in anime in particular, where there's, it's a revenge plot, but all like the, the catalyst for the revenge plot happens in the first episode. So you don't get any time to become like emotionally or even narratively connected with the person who ends up getting killed and is being taken revenge upon yeah yeah a lot of those stories i really can't empathize but this one's different because we got so much time with the with the parent yeah yeah um i I think yeah it's definitely different this time around because of that um more anime that revolve around revenge plot should probably take note of this and like you know you don't have to kill the person who's going to die off in the first episode. You can keep them around for two or three episodes to get some kind of emotional connection between the audience and the character, which makes me all the more grateful that this adaptation was done the way it was done and didn't necessarily follow the manga one-to-one. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, another uh, great line that I think we need to bring up, uh, which is also coincidentally uh uttered by Askeladd in this episode. Um, there's a, a scene where there's sort of like a feast going on and the uh, Lord Gorm, 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 Gorm <laughs> easy for me to say, um, is 
accosting the slave girl again because she messed up and um he's basically whipping her with like an actual whip um and uh Asklad points to him and says that man is a slave to money and everyone's a slave to something which is a really good point because there's a lot of people whether it was back then or today who let their passions and their um, obsessions get the better of them. Yeah, I really like that line in the context of the story, mostly because he was clearly referring to Thorfinn mm-hmm. in that, you know, Thorfinn is a slave to the revenge he wants for his father. But I like it the line more because it makes us question, if everyone is a slave to something then what is Askeladd a slave to? Because mm-hmm. Especially since Askeladd is the one saying this line, and we know so little about Askeladd, and, but we know that Askeladd is like a major character, and he clearly has things he's hiding. And now, just because he said this, I'm really curious to know, what is Askeladd a slave to? It's also the I- way he said that. The way he's like, I don't, I watched this episode like, a week ago so i don't quite remember but i f- i feel like he said it in a defeated way so it made me think that you know he was also referring to himself and i'm very very uh excited to know what he's a slave to yeah and it, it's just another one of those things where it the way it was portrayed it's like it makes me go hmm hmm <laughs> thinking emoji I know. It's like, is this is this some uh, is this some really good foreshadowing for something that's coming up? I hope so. <laughs> All right, and then I guess uh, we also need to talk about speaking of Thorfinn. You get we cut to the boat, which was used to be Thorfinn's father's boat that he's out basically guarding for the night after this duel where he loses and Askeladd, it's it's implied very heavily that Askeladd doesn't necessarily break his arm, certainly injured it in some way to where it has to be, you know, strung up in some kind of makeshift cast. Um, but now, I don't know whether this is supposed to be a hallucin, uh, hallucin, a, uh, <laughs> a hallucination uh, that he's having or if he's dreaming, um, but he ends up having this conversation with his father on the boat who is I, okay i personally dead. in well it's clearly not a hallucination but i just wrote it down as hallucination in the doc we're using but i interpret it as a visual representation of what's going on in his mind but i don't think he's dreaming i just i think he's like mulling over it in his mind you think he's like in some kind of a deep thought or something yeah okay maybe i i personally think he was sleeping but okay. i think he just fallen asleep but um uh Anyway, uh, you you immediately see uh, Thorfinn's expression and his voice soften to that of basically a young boy. And in the course of this, he reverts to his younger self as he's having this conversation with his father. And his father's like, you really want that revenge, huh? It's like, yeah. I really see. Oh, my God. So I really love this scene because it didn't. It was so subtle. Basically, what I got from the scene is that Thorfinn is being childish by being hung up over his father. But they didn't tell us that. They showed us it. And it was such a beautiful way to show us. And, like, 
fucking 10 minutes ago, you were telling us character motivations with the fucking money guys. So I'm like, who are these people writing this show? And like, (laughs) can someone be fired and the other person take over his role? Like, (laughs) (laughs) I love this scene so much because so many emotions were portrayed visually. I love that Thorfinn, Thorfinn's face after like losing the duel and just like skulking in the boat by himself was like so hardened and angry but as soon as he saw his father like all of his like built up like um baggage that he's been carrying in his face just it all melted away and his voice that was like five octaves lower was like really it softened up and mm-hmm. you could see just by that alone like how much he's lost by being hung up over this vengeance he wants for his father and like that all of that is encompassed in a visual and auditory um representation instead of uh like instead of words Instead of speaking. Yeah. And I yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say, I also found it really like a really great, I guess you could say extension to this scene that he sort of snapped out of this by Lord Gorm's slave girl coming to bring him food, basically showing him some kind of a kindness. And his first instinct is to pull his dagger and put it up to her throat. Why? Why did you find I, that? I found I found it to be like a really great contrast. It's like he's you oh. know he's really having oh, he's, a so he's, soft expression uh-huh. with his with his father, and then all of a sudden he snaps out of it, and his first instinct is to whooshing. <laughs> like fuck my weak self, I'm gonna kill some bitches. Yeah, it's almost like he realizes that hanging on to this is probably a weakness, but he's not ready to give it up yet. I don't know if he realized that. I think it's meant for the audience to realize. I don't know if Thorfinn himself has realized that. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, um, also, that 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 conversation that he has with the slave girl, like right after that, where he's saying that, uh, uh, or he says, you know, if you really don't like being a slave, you should just run away. And he's like, I can never run away. I couldn't. I couldn't get far enough away from these people. They'd come chase me and kill me. And he's like, that's why you'll always be a slave. So, who do you think is? Um, I don't know. Who do you think has the worst mentality? Uh, not, I think I want to call him Vinland. He's not Vinland. He's Thorfinn. Thorfinn or the slave girl? Who has the weaker mentality? Um, probably the, probably Thorfinn currently. Because you, do you he honestly refuses think that? To, he refuses to give up on this thing he's hanging up, he's hung up on. I think a really poignant thing that the slave girl says is that I could, like, Thorfinn's like, I would I would kill my master and run away. And the slave girl is like, I could never kill someone. And to some people that might be seen as a weakness. But I think in this specific scene, I think it's supposed to be seen as a strength. And it's a really big contrast to Thorfinn, a really big difference between them. And I think that, you know, it, that specific line is supposed to say that Thorfinn has lost a lot emotionally and like personally because he chose to kill people to for his own personal reasons so yeah i would definitely agree with that 
Yeah. Also, I feel like they spent a lot of time characterizing the slave girl and that she might be coming back in a later episode. Yeah, I, I think that too. I think there's definitely some foreshadowing with how much time was spent with her in this episode. Like, this is not going to be the last time we see her. Yeah. Speaking of uh, not the last time, so this episode kind of ends on a cliffhanger. Um, we find out that um, uh, King Sweat, uh, Sweat, Swain, <laughs> I think that's how you pronounce it. King Swiggy uh, Swag. Swain, uh, Forkbeard of, uh, of Denmark is preparing to launch an invasion of uh, Great Britain. And uh, that's, pretty much what we last see we, we also uh finally get to see the introduction of canute uh who quite true to history was a rather effeminate man uh, that's true to history uh allegedly yeah there, obviously there's no photographs of canute but there are many times that canute in history has been written about uh is written about as a um what's the phrase that was in that one history book i read um a man who would be comfortable amongst women but that could mean that he's manly, not so much. I, I, yeah, I, don't I know. just know that there's there's multiple times I've read where he's he's described as being somewhat of an effeminate nature. Well, I find that very uh, interesting because he has a very like unique character design, and I, and I'm glad that that character design is uh, justified by historical accounts. Yes. I know for a fact that Canute had very long hair. I see. So, um, was it um, straightened and conditioned? No, it was. I don't think it was straightened and conditioned. But um, that's pretty much the, how this episode ends. Uh, you get to see an awesome flying axe just mutilating people at the Battle of London, and that's kind of where the episode ends. Um, it, it's kind of showing that the next episode is probably going to be about the Battle of London. Uh, so that's going to be really cool to see. Um, it's nice. That it seems based on how this episode ended, we're going to get to some really good uh, action-oriented episodes, which I'm hoping that's what it is. Um, so I guess we can look forward to that. Yeah. So uh, thank you all there for dropping in to listen to us. We hope you enjoyed it because we always enjoy bringing this stuff to you. If you want to check out previous episodes of the podcast, you can find us on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. If you want to keep up with what we're doing, you can join us on Discord, Facebook, Twitter, and our website. Shoot us an email if you have any questions or if you have ideas for topics you would like for us to talk about in the future. Links to all these things will be down below in the description. As always, I have been your host, Alex, and I will see you next time I got I went through that really, really quickly because we went way over time with this episode second night show now i'm gonna go have a dream about my daddy oh jesus <laughs> i'm not even why why do you do this i can't believe you've done this <laughs>